I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. Hello? Scott, Abraham, Scott Abraham is my... Scott does great work covering the team for ABC7. Thanks so much for giving us some time today, Scott. How are you? Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. What? Uh, let's start out with the injury report. Has it come out yet today? Uh, yes, it has. And it looks like uh, the big question mark is going to be the kicker. Uh, Dustin uh, Hopkins uh, still was uh, limited today in terms of, um, you know, what he can do on the field. He's nursing that groin injury, obviously. So, um, they may they may not have Hopkins on Sunday, which would be interesting. And they would go with um, uh, Vedvark. I'm not. I apologize on the name, but it would be. Um, he used to play for the Ravens, and uh, he's on the uh, practice squad right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, careful what you wish for. I know Hopkins' seat's been a little warm recently. We'll see what happens if he can't go on something. Right. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he had a uh, he had a nice game against the Giants. He he made his kicks, made a couple of big kicks. Um, the other other players that are listed as out is um, Jaron Christian, Jared Norris, Dontrell Inman, and of course Kyle Allen. Those four players are definitely out uh, for the Lions. What is going on with uh, Sadiq Charles and Bryce Love? Are they getting any closer to coming back? Do you know? Uh, Sadiq Charles, he, he got in a, a limited session today, uh, I believe, and he, he may be working his way back. In terms of um, Bryce Love, it's going to be a decision time for them because they have a certain number of days they have to decide on what they're going to do with him. Uh, he, he got in a limited session on Wednesday, but he was not uh, – uh, full today. So again, uh, keep your eye on Bryce Love, uh, the running back from Stanford, who's obviously been battling injuries basically his whole career here in Washington. Brandon Sheriff played on the franchise tag this year. What does your gut say they do with him at the end of the year? Great question, Doug. Um, I feel like, you know, looking at the offensive line as a whole, um, you know, Morgan Moses, again, having a career year. He's one of the leaders on the offensive line. But I also think, you know, there's a leadership role for Brandon Sheriff. And he's uh, been a kind of a pillar in a, in a, in a lockdown position uh, on that offensive line. I'll be surprised if they let Brandon Sheriff walk. Uh, again, I've been surprised before. But I feel like uh, Rivera and, and company really respects um, just the type of man he is on and off the field. Uh, yes, he's had some injuries over the years. Uh, but he, but he is, uh, he is kind of a lockdown uh, player and, uh, and and a guy that's it's really done some pretty good things here in Washington. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was leaning that way before the season started, but it'd be. No, absolutely. You there? Did I lose you? I don't hear you now. It's time. Ball game. Sorry, you uh, you broke up there, Doug. Can you repeat that question? I'm sorry. Sure. I was talking about the interview you did with Daryl Green. Yep. Agreed with his stance that it was time to get seven back in the ball game. Oh, I tell you what, Doug. I mean, this fan base is truly divided because I, I understand both sides of the coin. You have 
And Alex Smith, who many believe gives the team the best chance to win right now. Okay, let's let's be honest. They're still in the mix in the NFC East. They're two and six. Yes, what they're a game and a half behind Philly because Philly has that tie. Um, but then you also want to know who's going to be your franchise quarterback for many years to come. It's not going to be Alex Smith, Doug. He's 36 years old. You know, how much longer he's going to play, who knows? Amazing comeback. Great story. I'm happy he's getting his chance to start on Sunday against Detroit. But Dwayne Haskins, all right, he started the first four games of the year. Led the team to a win over Philly, then had some struggles. Um, Ron Rivera, uh, seems like he kind of fell out of favor with Ron in terms of his preparation and maybe his work ethic, putting in that extra time. You need a franchise quarterback on this team or it's gonna, just going to be a cycle every single year. How many years in a row we've we been talking about the quarterback position for this franchise? I mean, you haven't had a consistent quarterback in this in this town for more than three seasons. You have to go all the way back to Mark Rippon in the early 90s. Kirk Cousins was, what, two, two and a half years? Uh, there was no consistency at the position. You have to be sure that Dwayne Haskins is not your guy or is your guy. I want to see number seven get in there again. All right, see if he learns some things, see if he maybe can boost his trade value. Uh, I, I would personally, I would like to see Dwayne Haskins back in there, start some games, either it's closure, turn the page, moving on, or maybe he's going to open eyes and get that second chance with, with the coaching staff. I'm with you, Scott. I think, you know, they've done as much as they can to ruin his, any trade value that he might have. The only way to get it back up is to get him in the game. And to your point, I mean, what's the worst going to happen is he, he plays well, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. If, if you're if if you're not sold that this guy is your quarterback for the future for the franchise, then you're going to have he's got 2 years left on this contract, Doug. So, ideally you don't want to cut him and the second best option is trade him. And how are you going to boost his trade value by putting him out there? Getting, getting him some more film uh, for other teams that might be of interest, quarterback needy teams. Um, so I, I think just from a multifaceted approach of is he the franchise quarterback and maybe boosting his trade value, Dwayne Haskins should and has to start a couple more games this year for Washington. We get you back there. Are you there? You got me? Yep, yep, we got you. Okay. Great, thought I'd lost you, thanks. Um, at Steve, uh, Steve Amontes back is, is the third. What is Braun said what they're doing with him? Yeah, I mean, he's he made some interesting comments this week in terms of the potential Steven Montez has. Uh, you know, he has a 90, mile, 90 miles per hour fastball and an 89 miles per hour fastball. There's no one between, but it seems like Ron really likes um, – his makeup and his DNA and his, and his approach and his work ethic and how he's kind of taken to Alex Smith and learning from him and Kyle Allen and learning from him. Uh, right now, he's going to remain kind of on the protected list in the practice squad where, you know, other teams can't poach him. Um, they're not going to bring him up, you know, right now for, for number three emergency quarterback. They're going to roll with um, Haskins as the backup. Uh, Alex Smith is the starter. And then, you know, Montez will be the guy, um, the third string inactive. I thought your question the other day to Ron about the the number of COVID 
cases for Washington. How did he explain that? Because that's right. I, I really hadn't thought about that, but they've been pretty fortunate, right? They're, they're one of the few teams in the NFL, Doug. They haven't had a single positive test since the start of training camp in terms of players, coaching staff, and team personnel. So uh, kudos to them. And Ron basically gave credit to the players of being accountable, knowing what's on the line, uh, policing themselves, you know, not going out to, you know, restaurants and bars and nightclubs or, 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 or whatnot and putting themselves in situations where, you know, social distancing isn't really uh, in place. So the players are doing a great job. They're getting their daily testing and, you know, uh, Ron and, and the players were kind of harassing me saying thanks for the jinx. But, you know, it's a credit to them that they're one of the few teams right now uh, that have not had a positive COVID test. And you know how COVID is going right now in this country every day. Uh, unfortunately, it's increasing. So uh, something to monitor. But so far, so good. Halfway through the season, Washington has been clear. Because of COVID, these Zoom pressers are the way... Do you think the coaches, I know it's harder for you guys not being able to get access like you used to, but do you think the coaches will like sticking with this sort of press conference going forward? You know, that's a great question. Um, my colleague, Ben Standick, who does a great job with the Athletic DC, actually did a great story this week on the essence of the Zoom press conference. And he talked to Ron about his opinions and what he thinks about the Zoom press conference. And he says he hates it. He likes the the, the interaction of, of seeing our faces, seeing our expressions, seeing how we ask the question, seeing how we're responding to what he says in response to our question to understand if we're getting what he's saying or not. Um, he says he, he misses the interaction and the one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, kind of interaction. In terms of the locker room accessibility, He's, he's actually against reporters in the locker room. He says, you know, the locker room's a sacred place. You know, should be we're only people, part of the team. Uh, and, and some of the players actually like this Zoom setup better because they said it's quicker and more efficient. Uh, listen, there, there are benefits to Zoom, and then there's detriments to Zoom. Um, I just hope this does not become a permanent thing for any for every professional sports league, every professional sports team moving forward because – as a journalist and as a reporter that covers the team on a daily basis, it's really critical to d develop that uh, personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with the player or the coach. And you just don't get that through a computer screen. Scott, I saw this the other day and it blew my mind. Antonio Gibson has one third down carry on the season. H has anybody asked Ron or Scott what's going on there? Yeah, that, that they they asked him. Uh, they asked offensive coordinator Scott Turner why J.D. McKissick is basically the third down back, and they're not using Antonio Gibson like a Christian McCaffrey, who was an all three down back. Um, basically, Scott Turner said they don't want to overload the young man. Remember, Doug, he's a rookie. Uh, sometimes this could get overwhelming. This NFL thing, deer in headlights type thing. Uh, I think they just they're taking that slow approach. Um, don't want to put too much on his plate too soon. And, hey, that's why they got J.D. McKissick. They thought J.D. was going to be the Chris Thompson-type uh, third down back. And he, he had a great game uh, against the New York Giants. So uh, I think that's the reason behind not using Antonio Gibson uh, for all three downs. Do we know under the new system, under the hierarchy, like, uh, like uh, uh, McKissick, who – 
whose board was he on? Who, whose idea was that? Or like a Logan Thomas? Do we know yet how that system is set up? In terms of who made the decision to go after him? Yeah, like was is that a Kyle Smith guy right. that he's just no, been no, waiting I, yeah, to be is, able to bring is, it down? Like that Ron Rivera. Yeah, this is, I mean, right now it's a you know there it's a it's a team centric approach, but I think I think the buck stops at Kyle Smith. Granted, he's not officially given the general manager title, but from you know my sources and people telling me that Kyle Smith is kind of making these personnel decisions alongside Ron Rivera, but Kyle Smith is, is pretty much the one in charge of kind of shaping this roster, making moves and whatnot. And, and obviously he'd run it back, run it by Ron Rivera and the coaching staff. But Kyle Smith is kind of the mastermind of constructing this roster. That's uh, that's excellent and also a, a great piece because I've been trying forever to get somebody to kind of narrow down who's doing that. And um, that, that's good news as far as I'm concerned. Right. And it's, it's, it's it, uh, I think it's only it, a matter of time, Doug, that, you know, they give him that title of, of general manager. Um, and I think that was the plan yeah. all, all along. He's young. You know, he's growing in himself. Um, but, but, you know, I think there's a respect factor there for, for, uh, Kyle Smith. And of course, Ron Rivera, from all accounts, they're working well together. Um, and it's going to be, you know, team Smith and team Rivera going forward here for the next couple of years of trying to get Washington back to some relevancy, consistent relevancy in the NFL. Is it Cornelius Lucas's job to lose now, or is Christian still the left tackle when he's healthy? I believe Christian, that's a good, I'm not sure, that's a, you know what, I don't know. I mean, that's because you look at Cornelius Lucas, I mean, he hasn't done that bad. He's been great. He hasn't done that bad, Doug. I mean, he's he's gonna, good good for Cornelius Lucas. He's he's taken an opportunity and made the most of it. Uh, that is a great question. I, I As of right now, if I'm a coach and I'm looking at the tape and how Cornelius Lucas is playing, is there a reason to pull him? Is there a reason to kind of pull the plug on him that's a great question and something to monitor uh right now you know Cornelius Lucas is showing that you know what maybe he's he could be a left tackle of the future let's see how he does against Detroit but so far so good for uh for the young left tackle yeah I've been impressed by him uh, Scott Kyle uh, uh Kendall Fuller has been an all pro so far I I gotta admit I, I've always been a fan but I'm surprised by just how well he's played in this defense. Oh, you know what? What a great addition, Doug. What a great addition to the defense. He just—he's a perfect—he's perfect in the system. Jack Del Rio's running, and you know you can see the growth. <coughs> excuse me, you can see the growth. You know, just in a couple of years, you know, spending time in Kansas City. Obviously, he started his career in Washington. Was part of the Alex Smith trade to bring Alex to Washington. Kendall got sent out to Kansas City. Won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. There's just a, a maturity, a, a um, there's a, a veteran vibe to him now. He's not just this young buck on the football field. He's turning himself into a leader and one of the best, uh, you know, cornerbacks, uh, young quarterback cornerbacks in the league. And he's playing at a high level, and it's great to see. He's a local guy. He's from this area. Um, went to Virginia Tech. Went to good council. So it is great to see uh, this young man, you know, taking a leadership role and and being a central cog and figure in this defense. Scott, we finish up Fridays with a little over-under. Are you ready to play? Let's do it, Doug. Let's do it. All right. Let's put uh, the passing yards for Alex Smith at 275. I'm going lower. Uh, it's really tough. 
I believe he hasn't. He's never had back-to-back 300-yard passing games. Uh, in a, I don't know if it was in his career, but it's been at least a couple of years. Um, it's going to be tough to duplicate that production, in my opinion, uh, against the Detroit Lions. I think they definitely want to create a run game. They didn't run the ball too much against the Giants. So I say under 275 for Alex Smith against the Lions. That's a, a nice little tidbit on the back-to-back games there. I will say this about Alex Smith. I was surprised... He looked like he was willing to pump the ball down the field more than I recall him doing before the injury. Yeah, I mean, remember, his his M.O. was game manager. You know, take taking the set safe play, taking those 10, 15-yard throws. He had some pretty good chunk plays and, and pretty good plays of pushing the ball down the field. And let's be honest, they were down 20-3, to three, so they had to kind of open up the playbook a little bit. But it was great to see kind of uh, Alex Smith just getting back there, gripping it and ripping it type deal. You mentioned it earlier, McKissick is starting to get more and more work. Let's put him at 100 yards of total offense. Hmm. I am going to go under that as well. This is a revenge game for J.D. McKissick going back up to Detroit. Remember, he played for the Lions, so some extra incentive to you know, make make do against his uh, former teammates. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna get those catches, get those screen passes. Um, but I don't think he's gonna eclipse 100 yards. I'm going under for that as well, Doug. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that'll make it a revenge game for Logan Thomas as well. Let's put the receiving yards at 75. Uh, we're going under that as well. Uh, Logan Thomas, uh, he had a quiet game against the New York Giants. Uh, I will not be surprised if Logan Thomas finds the end zone. Uh, he's a, a terrific red zone target, but I don't think the yards are going to be there per se, 75 yards. I feel like that's a little high for Logan Thomas. Uh, I'm going under as well. So three under so far. Chase Young's mom has been upset with his production. He's not getting enough sacks. Let's put him at two on the game. Uh, That's a big under for me, Doug. Uh, I did some research actually before this call. The left tackle for the Detroit Lions, I don't remember his name, but he has not given up a sack in 11 months. The last sack he gave up was 11 months ago. He's playing at a terrific uh, clip right now, and he's playing the best football of his career. He's a lockdown left tackle uh, for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to go under two for Chase Young. Hopefully he gets one. I'll be shocked if he gets two. Uh, Excellent uh, tidbit there. Uh, It'll be a revenge game for one more man, Adrian Peterson. Can he get to the hundred? Get to the 100-yard mark. No, he's not going to get 100 yards, but he's going to score a touchdown. That's my hot take. Um, I don't think he just gets the volume and the carries as much as he did here in Washington. That's a, that's a kind of a loaded backfield for Detroit. A lot of good young running backs, Swift, on Johnson, Adrian Peterson. I think he'll find the end zone, maybe a goal line carry. He's not going to get over 100 yards, Doug. Scott, nobody has taken the under on every question, so you, you've got that one there. Uh, what, uh, what, do you th- what do you think the outcome looks like for Sunday? What you got? Ah, oh, man, Doug, I'm, you know, I'm never a homer. Um, 
tough to go on the road. Remember, Detroit's lost two in a row themselves, so they're desperate for a win. I'm going to go Detroit to win this football game over Washington. Give me 23-20. Detroit. Uh, and I'll go out on a limb and take Washington 31-24. We won't have to wait. It's, it's, it's up there, right? So we don't have to worry about whether it's in a dome. Uh, say, uh, say, uh, what, say that again, Doug, in terms of weather? It, yeah, it's in yeah, a dome. Yeah, right Ford, there yeah Ford, Ford Field is in a dome. So, yeah, no yeah. worry about the cold temperatures of the wind. Uh, yeah. So, usually a fast track indoors. Scott, thank you so much for doing this. Had a lot of fun today. Yeah, Doug, anytime. Appreciate you having me, and uh, let's enjoy the game on Sunday. All right, Scott Abraham from ABC7. Thank you so much. Thank you, Doug.